Media Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, March 11th. Whoa, I needed to update that. Today is Sunday, <laughs> June 17th, 2018. I'm Maddie Love, and I'm really happy to be joining the studio today by Hertzie Hertz, Julie Love, and our special guest, David Gamet. David is a mentalist, humanist, professional speaker, and a member of Minnesota Atheists, which of course means that since he's local, he must be good people. This is an open conversation. We welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205. Your emails to radio at mnatheists.org. Tweet us at Atheist Talk or send us a message over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. Hertzy, Julie, David, thank you for joining me on this swampy, Good morning. damp, moist Sunday morning. Ah. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I just have to correct you on one thing. I am oh, no. terrible people. I am not good people. That is not true I was going to say, you're in the, the studio, so you are excellent people. Oh, totally. Ah, you're you. the best people. Only the best people. Oh, we only invite the best people here. Um, and I think everybody here can attest to that. <laughs> so, David, you and I met for dinner a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we talked... I think for like two hours across a variety of topics. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like we even think we even touched on dark matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what caused me to initially reach out to you um, was your work as a mentalist. Um, mm-hmm. Mentalism, to be honest, fascinates me. And I'm wondering, can you take a moment to explain to the audience what mentalism is? So when you're watching a mentalist, essentially what you're watching is, uh, in a nutshell, there's more to it than that, is basically like a mind-reading show, influence, predictions. It's basically um, just kind of performance using information. And um, there's a mixture of just um, like magic, psychology, and like it's all basically centered around the mind. Okay. So I I guess I get confused sometimes between the differences between mentalism Mm -hmm. and magic. I guess it's... Are they related? Are are people a lot of times both? Yeah, you can be both. They are related, but they're still kind of uh, separate in a way. So you kind of have, um, if we think of it like music, you have genres and subgenres. So think of magic as the overarching like genre, and then mentalism is kind of a subgenre of that. And uh, there's some kind of tri- trickery you can do to exaggerate things, but not necessarily everything is a trick. Like it's it's very much a mixture of things, and a lot of the fun is uh, guessing the mystery of like. Okay, I don't quite know how that happened, but what just like you can't really it, it blends what's real and what's not. And it's uh we're not gonna tell you what the difference is. Do you have a hard time like do as as a mentalist and mm-hmm. spoiler alert, David is not gonna reveal any secrets on this episode. Um, but do you have a t- I hear magicians talk about like there's multiple ways to do it, like I'm an illusion. Mm-hmm. So as a mentalist, if you go to a mentalism show or you watch another mentalist, do you find yourself being not suckered isn't the right word, but you know, do you find they're they're it's able to work on you as well? Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I don't when I watch other performers, I don't watch just to kind of like figure out whatever. I, I want to enjoy the show, especially the first time that I'm seeing it. And um, you know, everybody kind of has their own secrets and stuff. But uh, yeah, there, I mean, just from having background knowledge, there are certain things that you can pick up on. But I mean, it's still like an amazing show. I was going to say follow-up question. Have you ever watched someone and been like, no, 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 no. 
You, yeah. you got to do it this way. <laughs> oh, oh, God, do it this way. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I not doing God to, but like, like, okay, you, you did this, but you gotta, you gotta do a little bit more of that. Yeah. I, I will, um, give advice and feedback, but, um, I don't take it as like my way is the right way by any means. I just, I've found that this has worked for me and that, um, you know, it might be worth exploring it this way or maybe tweak it and maybe even doing it. You might stumble on something completely new that neither of us knew. I totally just blanked on what I was going to ask you. Julie, you were talking to me about something beforehand, though. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are familiar with the show The Mentalist. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really curious to know, was that really real or is that, does that work? Well, well, I believe the show was scripted. (laughs) (laughs) Shocked. That that spoilers. I know, I'm sorry. I knew I'd get a spoiler out of him. But um, yeah, actually. uh, So when I heard that there was going to be a show called The Mentalist, I was actually appalled at first because so many people are not familiar with the term. Most people go their entire lives without ever, not just not meeting someone, but never even hearing that term. And so I thought that it was just going to kind of... um, Hollywood it and uh, make it just really not what it is. Well, I ended up watching the show and I ended up just falling in love with the show. It was really, really good. And I love that they like for the most part, like 90 percent of it, they presented it really, really accurately. And uh, but at the same time, without explaining the mystery, which is good because I don't want them like telling like some of this stuff you can like start your own cults with. Like, I don't want like your average (laughs) watcher (laughs) um, learning that. But no, it was a great show. And so I kind of dug in a bit because I was curious as to how they were able to portray it like that. And it turns out they had a mentalist uh, consulting on the show. And I was like, ah, that explains it. But yeah, no, it was actually just a it was a great show. I loved it. I wish there was more seasons. Hashtag Joseph Smith was a mentalist. Um, <laughs> We're well, totally going to come to say that's a fact. <laughs> no, that, that is an opinion. <laughs> Fake news. Uh. Um, you know, I, I first came across mentalism as part of the skeptic movement. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like mentalism was a good way for me to understand listening to mentalists talk and then listening to magicians talk too, um, to teach me that my brain doesn't work necessarily the way I think my brain works. Um, and I feel like if everybody understood, like at least they don't even have to understand how mentalism works, mm-hmm. but to understand that, that it does and that it's, you know, your brain not working the way you think it works. Mm-hmm. I think the world would be at such a better place <laughs> if people just understood that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually one of the main reasons why I do what I do. I try to bridge that gap because so many people are just talking past each other and I want to help. Uh, um, i can't think of the right word, but further human connection and understanding, because when you understand each other, the world becomes a better place. So I try to bridge that gap, make people understand each other more, come in from a point of empathy. Like It's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, no, if we had more of that, it would definitely be, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in today. <laughs> so true. You had mentioned um, you didn't want to, you didn't want everybody to know how to do some of these things because there'd be a lot of people could start their own cults. Yeah. Do you run into... Um, other mentalists who are um, basically furthering the idea to the audience, like they want the audience to think mm-hmm. that they have, because like, there's some famous ones that I think a lot of people have heard of, like Yuri Geller or whatever, mm-hmm. that will claim they have powers. But I'm sure there's lesser known ones. But like, is that a thing that you run into a lot or? Uh, for the most part, when I run into people, there are people that kind of claim all sorts of different things. But uh, when they do, Usually it's within the context of the show and people aren't trying to do any kind of like nefarious thing outside of that show. 
um, we get asked all sorts of crazy things. Like there's a big debate within the mentalism community as to whether you need a disclaimer or not. And some people go on the side of disclaimer, some people don't. And what I've really found is that it doesn't matter when you disclaim things, people are going to leave out for the most part, thinking the same thing they did. And no matter how much a disclaimer you give, they're still going to ask you to like contact their dead grandma or something. And it's, it's such an uncomfortable conversation when that happens. He was like, no, 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 no. I like, I'm very clear. I cannot do that. I don't do that. And I've yet to see anybody who actually can. So I just wouldn't go down that route because that's a very appealing thing. If you could, of course you would want to. So just, yeah, no. I remember, um, and I realized Chris Angel's a, ma- a magician, mm-hmm. not a mentalist, mm-hmm. but he had made some comment about like, if I really had magic powers, I would not be up here on stage. I'd be like <laughs> walking into bank vaults and like, <laughs> doing yeah. things like that. He's like, I wouldn't be up here on stage, mm-hmm. but no, I just know. Hashtag we need to rob a bank. <laughs> there you go. I'm in. Now you see me. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot about that movie. And, and the sequel. That I haven't seen the sequel yet. I don't know if it's any good. The first one I enjoyed, but I enjoyed it with like a no. No. <laughs> um, so psychics are just mentalists who are preying on people. What? Is no. Is that the feeling? That, that, that is I'm not what I was. On? Is that is that what I was? Is that how it came off? That's not what I meant. No, so. that's... <laughs> I know that was a poorly worded question. I mean, because not necessarily preying on people, but is it the same skill? Is oh, you're talking same... about when psychics do what their thing is. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a crossover, but psychics are even divided into different categories. They have what is known as the Shaddai community. And the Shaddai community is the ones where they don't know that there's tricks that you can do. And so they really believe that they have these things and they tend to not be quite as good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... It, it really depends. If you fall into empathy with someone, you'd be shocked how much you can figure out about a person and really feed back to them. But uh, when it comes to certain specifics, they're just unaware of certain things. So there really is a dynamic where uh, some people believe in what they're doing and the ones that are like really, really good, they know what they're doing. Like, they, they, yeah. There's a... The ones that have TV shows. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not naming names, but yeah, there's... there's uh, well, I feel like that's a good, like, there are a lot of true believers. Yeah. And, like, especially when I, and like, skeptic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never hold it against, say, an anti-vaxxer. If mm-hmm. a, a, a mother or whatever, right. or a father who's they like, think trying. They're hoping. Right, they're doing that. It's not their fault that they mm-hmm. just truly believe. It's the yeah. people that are, you know, knowingly promoting Yeah, if, if they really believe that vaccines were harmful, how much would you have to hate the person to not bring it up? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just, it's trying to bridge that gap and understand their worldview. Now, obviously vaccines are helpful, but I'm, so I'm not defending that no, idea. No, no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same argument. Like when I was in the church, like yeah. they would tell us, like, you should tell people about Jesus if you truly love them because right. you want to save them from going to hell. So it's like. And I'm always uh, willing to have that conversation. I find that quite entertaining. <laughs> I fully admit I would probably be having the vaccine conversation, especially if it was like my sister and the nibbling, because mm. it's not just her life that's that's at risk then. Then it's it's also the nibblings. and Right. But mm-hmm. if you had thought the vaccines were harmful, I would've... then you would be sharing that. Because you care yeah, about okay, the nibbling. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I would yeah. be sharing that. Okay, uh, oh. I think I see where you guys were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we definitely need to have that conversation. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to go into a break here. Uh, when we come back, I wanted to ask you if you had a favorite trick or part of your performance. 
obviously mm. without spoiling anything because um, <laughs> I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. All right, so please stay with us through this short break while David guesses the bank account numbers in my head. You're listening to Atheist Talk on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio with Hertzy Hertz, Julie Love, and mentalist, speaker, and performer, David Gamet. Before we get back to the show, I want to remind everyone listening live that immediately following this program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production from American Atheists. If you miss an episode live, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. If you are listening live and have a question for David, you can reach us in studio at 952-946-6205. You can also email us at radio at mnatheist.org, tweet us at Atheist Talk, or leave a message on the Facebook post for this episode over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. All right, so David, when we went into the break, I was wondering, do you have a favorite part of your performance? Or I don't... Trick is... I don't know. Trick is trick the right word? Uh, I usually say effect. Effect? Yeah. So do you have a favorite effect? Fact. And obviously, like I said, you know, we're not looking. We don't actually, like, I don't even want you to spoil it because I, I, I don't want to. I like going in and being amazed. Like mm-hmm. I know that that isn't like. I know you don't have powers, but oh my gosh, it feels like you have powers. Yeah. I love that feeling. Yes. Uh, so I, I think so. There's kind of a staple of my show that I do in every single uh, show, just because I love it so much. Um, so so I, I very much theme on the idea of human connection. So there's a. a point in my show where I bring up people who have been like friends for a really long time or have gone through an intense experience together, have them kind of focus on that memory. And then I'd kind of just amplify the connection between them. And then they end up feeling what the other person is feeling. And so uh, all the way to the point where like you can touch one of them and the other person will feel it. And it's just a really, really cool moment. And uh, their eyes are closed during the whole thing. That way they can't cheat. And, um, Quite often when I do that, I usually have people like record it on camera. And after the show, I can show you some examples if you like. But uh, that'd be cool. <laughs> they're, and they're watching it back, and you just see them going, "No, wait, hold up! I really felt that though." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the perfect example. It's like yeah. you know, you think you know how your brain works, mm. but you yeah. don't know how your brain works. I I remember thinking of that. Like Teller from Penn and Teller was talking. Mm. He was talking, just talking. He's like, he was like saying, "No, I was doing this, you know, cup and ball trick, just by myself at a table, having a conversation with somebody else." Like, and he realized he just fooled himself. Mm. And he's like, "That shouldn't be possible." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but wait, hold up, but. I did. Yeah. Like, is your brain not work the way you think it says? And it's just, I feel like that's a huge, there's a huge tie into religion there too. Um, <laughs> talking about connections, uh, mm-hmm. during our conversation a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned how your grandmother inspired you. And yes. if you're, if you're comfortable sharing, mm-hmm. cause it's a pretty personal topic. Um, would you be willing to talk more about how she inspired you? Oh God, she was uh, everything to me. She was essentially the person that uh, raised me and did everything for me, uh, fed me, clothed me, brought to my friend's house, went to every, um, I was involved in martial arts and dance and stuff as well. And she came to like every performance and um, yeah, no, she, she just really showed me how to be a really good human being. And um, she was constantly setting herself to the side and taking care of everyone else. And um, she was just, that's probably where I got it from, to be honest. She just had a massive, massive impact in my life. I was very lucky to have her. I, I, I genuinely don't know I'd still be around if it wasn't for her. So, yeah, no. 
I order everything. <laughs> Both a couple of grandmas sitting here going, I hope one day our granddaughter who we have custody of, yeah. I hope she's saying the same thing. Oh. Get, oh. Give her a few years. <laughs> if, if there was a saint, she would have been one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you raised with religion? Yeah. Uh, so my grandma was Catholic, and so I grew up Catholic. And um, I went to church with her every week. And as I, I was a teenager and I started trying to, so when you start learning like magic, for example, you kind of get like a backdoor look into psychology. Mentalism is an even much, much deeper dive into that. And so I started recognizing different things in church that kind of fall into uh, putting ideas into people's heads. And so then I was like, okay. Well, that makes this other stuff make sense because there's a lot of things in here that just seem like terrible ideas to me. And so, <laughs> I, so then I started jumping from, okay, well, maybe it's not this. So then I switched from Catholicism to Christianity, but like a non-denominational one. And I started kind of jumping churches, trying to find the right fit for me. And I thought I had found one. And then they wanted me to start talking in tongues. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're one of those two. <laughs> All right. And then I just kind of, after that, I just kind of, let go of religion, but I still believed in the idea of God. And yeah, it was a, it's, it's shocking because I remember when I converted to Christianity, I remember the day that I got saved. And that's a very like emotional, instantaneous type thing. The emotions are real, but what you're attributing it to isn't. Right. And so that's, that tends, like when someone goes from non-religious to religious, it tends to be very, very quick. But going from religious to non-religious tends to be like a longer uh process. Like for me, that was like a 10 year journey. Uh, I went from, and that was from the point where I didn't believe in the church. It took me about 10 years from there. I just kind of found an excuse to call the universe God. And maybe we're screwing up when we tried to define whatever he, she, it is. Maybe it's an energy. Maybe it's a, I was just finding reasons to make it a thing. And then eventually I kind of fell out when I realized if it does exist, there's no way it could be like, if this is the world that a God made, then that God is a bit of a monster and I wouldn't worship it even if it was real. So. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like, I could, I could die and go yeah. to he- and go to quote heaven Yeah, and it'd be like, okay, well fine. You exist. Yeah. I, I admit it. You exist. You're really yeah. super powerful. You're still an expletive deleted. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I feel like if I was a God and all these people were dying and coming to me, I feel like, there would be a lot of baggage trying to have conversations with all these people. You're like, I would not want to be what they picture me to be. Right. Like, oh. like I'm sorry. Like, I think my first words would be, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember like in my, in my journey, like the hardest thing I had mm. was finally giving up the idea of hell. Yeah. And oh, that then, was easy for me. Oh, that was really hard. And then I just remember like walking down the hallway one day thinking to myself, and I had, I was having like a thought that was like technically a sin or whatever. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was now, but I just remember the light bulb going off. I'm like, wait a minute. Nobody, I don't have to feel guilty about that. Nobody knows I was thinking that. Like, <laughs> yes, it was such a like, that was actually such a huge relief. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't understand this idea of like having to like going back walking around all day and like worrying that people are looking over your shoulder and judging you based on what's in your head. Yeah. But thought crime. <laughs> you want the minority report. <laughs> you need religion for that. I worry about that anyway. <laughs> oh, what's going on in her head? It's okay, I'll tell you. Am I- <laughs> Off air. <laughs> oh my. 
Oh, gosh. Um, we need a George Takei button. <laughs> Sam, can you make that happen? Can we get a George Takei button? Sam is our, yes. is our super awesome sound engineer, producer guy, and he's going to work on getting me, getting us a George Takei button by the end of next year's episode. Next year's episode? <laughs> it's a slow worker. Trump wouldn't pay him. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was interesting how you talked about you moved from Catholicism to Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's probably few listeners in audience who are like, um, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, that's what uh, Christianity is really an umbrella term yeah. that was kind of politicized to get more people into one group. Right. But at the same time, like when the, the Fundy Church I was going to, uh, we would have totally greasy. They were they were Catholics, but they mm-hmm. weren't going to heaven. Right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks they're the only ones. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll talk more about your speaking. Sounds good. Uh, we'll return to our discussion right after this brief commercial break. I'm Maddie here with Hertzy, Julie, and David. You're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stock on AM 950 KTNF. I'm Maddie Love in studio today with Hertzy Hertz, Julie Love, and a man with the power to destroy your cutlery, David Gammon. Before we continue with our conversation, which will be our final segment with David, Julie, and Hertzy, just a few messages. I say it every week, but it is truly important to me that we keep secular voices on the public airwaves and in podcast form. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheist and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you would like to advertise in this program and help keep us on the air, please contact us Please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. This program is put together by dedicated volunteers and generous donations of our listeners. Listeners like you keep Atheist Talk on the radio and in podcast form. This week, we'd like to expend, extend special thanks to monthly sustaining donor Cindy. If you're able to help with the donation, please consider doing so at our radio fund page or consider becoming a patron of the show by heading over to patreon.com slash atheist talk, where this week patrons will magically be getting another extended version of the show. I say magically because the extended version is definitely not an illusion. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax deductible organization. Music from Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael David. Mischief managed. We now return to Hertzy, Julie, and David. Good Harry Potter reference. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I love Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I also love the the controversy that came with Harry Potter. Oh my god. That's another subject. That's another subject for another day. (laughs) (laughs) How many owls did you get in your Harry Potter trivia? No, just kidding. Uh, Um, (laughs) Ordinary wizarding levels. so, David, in addition to your mentalism, you also do speaking events. Well, I guess maybe not in addition because you. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, I kind of bring them together. It's like infotainment. Such as maybe, uh, never mind. I don't know if that's a public thing yet. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something, but I, I haven't run that past hurts yet. Um, one of the topics you mentioned to me previously. I'll be coming though, in your homes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. No, we need Marissa's doing George Decay as a recording. That oh, would be better. I could totally do that. We have that. Yeah, I'll get that and give it to someone. I love your awesome. radio voice. <laughs> he doesn't like my radio face. <laughs> but Face for radio and a voice for closed captions. <laughs> oh, God. I love that. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I, this I derailed is, this. That, that really ties into what I was what, what I was going to ask you about because you talked about earlier about uh, crossing borders and getting people together. Yeah. And um, uh, so one of the topics you mentioned to me previously was this idea of people online, people in face to face conversations that like just talking past each other, not yes. having a productive conversation, like especially on topics that are like dear to our hearts, mm-hmm. religion, politics, but other things like how much I personally really dislike Sam Harris, mm-hmm. but how other people may certainly really like Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it possible to have productive conversations when two people have like such opposing viewpoints? I think entering the conversation without a pretense is really, really helpful. Cause if you come in, not assuming the other person is an idiot and just, it's helpful because that helps to frame it all. So I take the mantra of if I can't explain my opponent's viewpoint, I don't truly understand what we're talking about. So quite often they'll say something. I find that um, street epistemology, like kind of um, the Socratic method, that's helpful asking questions uh, to really kind of clarify what their thinking is. And you can kind of lead them along a path after they make their point. Sometimes it can be helpful to kind of restate their point, but in a way where they were like, man, I wish I would have put it like that. And then dismantling it from there and kind of really addressing it. I um, explain everything as if I'm talking to a six-year-old, not because I assume the other person's stupid, but because I feel like it's my job as a communicator to make sure that I'm being understood. So it's kind of taking responsibility for what I'm saying and for trying to understand what they're saying. And when you come in with that, it kind of creates this air of mutual respect if they start name calling, be like, hold up, hold up. I, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. I want to talk about this actual thing because I think you're worth talking to on this, but I'm not going to attack you personally. So let's just keep that here. Make sure that uh, when you ask a question, they don't move the goalposts and start addressing something else. Because like, for example, when we were talking about um, marriage equality, uh, like a couple of years ago, I remember someone bringing up the fact that, yeah, but some people just want to get married for benefits. So I kind of took control of the framing and I was like, well, if we want to talk about whether marriage should have benefits, that's a separate conversation. We can have that. But right now we're talking about marriage having equal rights and just kind of making sure they don't move it. And and when you reframe it that way, suddenly it's like, well, I don't want my benefits to go away. So what do you talk? So making sure that you just kind of zoom out a bit and control the whole frame is a good way to make sure the conversation stays in a, in a, good direction and just being very conscious of the words you're using. Um, to your point about explaining to things like it's a six-year-old, that's, I think it was Einstein and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Who actually, no, that's not an original thought with me. Oh yeah. But, it's like, <laughs> but, I, but I love that idea of like, if you cannot explain it to a five-year-old or a six-year-old, mm. you obviously do not understand it enough. And I'm like, that's a good way, which is also why I don't do debates. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrible. I love debates. I, I, I can do debates. I've got a podcast that you need to look at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do debates like, uh, like Julie and I mm-hmm. will talk because I, we, you know, we respect each other so much, or at least I respect her. Um, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. <laughs> and that's how you don't have a conversation. <laughs> um, Depends on the household. <laughs> and I can have like logical, rational mm-hmm. discussions online because I can step back, but I have this part, like if I'm, if I'm face to face with somebody, it's action like, gets involved. No, it's mm-hmm. for me, it's the fight or flight. Cause mm. I get so much adrenaline and then my, my, my all my logic cir- circuits just disappear. Mm. And then I get done and I'm like, why did I say that? Why didn't I say that? Why? Like, forget it. And then you I'm can't done. sleep at night. Yeah, pretty much. And then I have <laughs> a conversation riding my bike or driving home. Like, Oh, I just replaying that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That so. would, that would be me on that one debate I did on the Robert Stanley show. Mm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
and I, I feel like it might take a while for the world to um, adopt that kind of thinking as a whole when it comes to people, with different ideas. Is there like, is there an approach I should take when walking into that conversation when I'm expecting to counter pushback? I, I think one, one principle to keep in mind is that every person, for the most part, every single person's greatest need is that of validation and feeling validated as a human being. And so kind of uh, that type of uh, empathy can really kind of get someone to do Because people aren't going to change their minds if you're just attacking them. They're just going to dig their heels into the ground further. They need to feel safe enough to know that they're allowed to change their minds without being ridiculed. And so if you can validate them, you know, I thought that too, but it turns out, or well, yeah, but you could phrase it in a bunch of different ways. But um like there was an issue that I went back and forth on uh, quite a bit until I finally went to my current things. And all I did was I just kind of like, okay, so you're saying this is how it works. If I follow that down its logical path, what's actually going to happen? And I, I won't get into specific topics here for your guys' sake, but um, yeah, it's a it's just, slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no validation, like just having the self-awareness to know what it is that they need from an emotional standpoint is a good way to get them to have a rational conversation. People tend to want to reciprocate that. If I'm treating you like a human being and you treat me like an idiot, you're very obviously going to look like a terrible person and nobody wants to be that. Right. So, um, just at, kind of stepping back. At helps. what point during this conversation you're having some, somebody, cause I would so say conversation versus debate, but mm-hmm. like, you know, cause you, it sounds like you more want to have a conversation. Yes. Um, yes. You may be debating an issue, but mm-hmm. it's meant to be a conversation. Yes. I don't care who's right. I care what's right. And so as long as we stick to the ideas, uh, I hope that comes across. At what point then do you step back and say, you know what, I, I'm, I need to, step away from this conversation. It's not going anywhere. We're just, you're just insulting or you're just, you know what I mean? Is, or is there a point? Yeah. Well, sometimes I have a hard time actually stepping off because I care so much, but uh, when they start just getting angry or it's like, it's very clear that they're not willing to join me on this journey. Like when I, when I come to the point where I realize that if I can point out there's a flaw in your thing, and you're going to continue to use it with other people anyway. And when I find out that you don't, you're just, you're not willing to do this, you're getting angry, you're getting defensive. I'm not trying to attack you, but you still feel attacked or you're attacking me back. At that point, I'm just like, this isn't even worth my time. Look, I'm sorry. I, I wish you the best, but maybe we'll revisit this another time. Let's just step back right now. Uh, we can go the British route, have some tea. Like, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> tea and crumpets. <laughs> I prefer my biscuits. <laughs> I love tea, biscuits, and gravy. And now I want to watch British Bake Off again. Mm. I'm good. I'm good. I find myself uh, on online conversations sometimes going past that point where I feel like I'm going to make any headway. It's hard to stop sometimes. Well, I find sometimes I do it um, because I feel like, if, are there other people watching? Yes. Are there other people? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I did not mean to interrupt. No, no. That's 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 why you're here. Is that's the talk. <laughs> That's one of the things I always keep in mind, regardless of how the other person is conducting themselves, especially online, I'm going to make sure that I'm at least going to come off sane because I don't want to undercut my own argument. If we're having this debate on like Facebook comments, for example, I'm not necessarily writing for them. I'm writing for the invisible third party who's reading but not commenting. And if they look at it and I'm talking like a crazy person, I'm just angry or whatever, they don't want to associate with me. They're not going to be like, well, he thinks this and he looks crazy. So I don't want to be that. So I'm going to go the other route. I'm not going to be that guy. Right. That's going to like just from the manner that I conduct myself, cause them to skew off. Well, yeah. Cause there's, you know, tons and tons of research about, mm-hmm. you know, the, 
the more you present evidence to somebody, mm-hmm. there's a good chance they, they may strengthen their position. Yeah. Um, like, no, like we can prove global warming is real. Oh yeah. Well, and I just double down and don't believe it like, even yeah. more. Yeah. So and it's ask just, questions. Yeah. Listen more. Well, and I liked how you said, um, you know, reframing their argument. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you don't mean like taking their argument, reframing it, and then building a straw man out of it. No, 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 no. I, I, in fact, I would say reframe their argument and make it stronger than what they presented and then dismantle that. Because if they think I, I couldn't have even put it that way, I that, thought that was really good. And then you take that apart, they've got nowhere to go. So uh, a little bit of role play, I guess, then, just so I know, so we can put this into practice. Say uh, I'm one of one of those Where weird- are we well, I'm going to, I'm going to be this, this unusual, weird, horrible social justice warrior type, uh, who also happens to be an atheist and maybe a transgender person. Um, so like everything a bigoted Christian cake baker hates. <laughs> so using that as an example, how would you recommend I approach a conversation with a baker who refuses to bake me a delicious pineapple upside down cake for my birthday? You burn the bakery down. <laughs> That's the first step. I no. like your logic. Atheists talk in Minnesota. This does not promote burning the bakeries. <laughs> so, like, you know, technically, no, um, I should be saying that. I, I don't know <laughs> that I would want a cake baked by someone who hates me. They might do something to the cake. Um, like, that, I mean, I'm just thinking from my own uh, safety. Um, well, just as you're thinking about, does, the, does yeah. your approach change well, if I want them to write "Hail Satan" on it? <laughs> just be like, well, I suppose I'd find I'd have to ask questions. I'd find, okay, so what exactly is it specifically about this that you don't want to do? And I find that what questions are better than whys? Whys give you very fuzzy answers. If I ask you why did you decide you want to be on the radio, or if I say what made you decide you want to be on the radio, you get tangible answers from one. So I would just ask them like, what is it about this that you don't like? What what why don't you want to do this? And just kind of listen to it, address that. And you just you kind of have to take it step by step. I can't. Uh, bring up specific points if I don't know what the obstacles are. Right. So a lot of it really is just uh, asking questions and trying to understand the other person. Well, I think it, it helps. And obviously, as you ask questions, you might find out it's wrong. But I think, yeah, it, as you exactly. mentioned, it helps to find start from a point of being charitable in the argument. Mm-hmm. It may it may take only one question to go. Okay, it wait a patience. minute. You don't get to you don't get any more charity. But. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like we're about out of time. Are you no. going to stick around? Yeah, do some extra Patreon content. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk. I'm proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists and hope you enjoyed the show. All opinions, ideas expressed in today's show are the opinions of the guests and hosts who do not necessarily represent the opinions and ideas of Minnesota Atheists. This show depends on the generous support of our members, sponsors, and donors. Please consider supporting the show through a donation link at mnatheist.org. This has been Atheist Talk and AM 950 KTNX, Progressive Foods, Minnesota. Have a fantastic Sunday. Remember to always tip in cash as most bars ban a check. <laughs>